0: Amen. Good morning. How are you? How was Easter? How was the week after Easter for you? I hope you had some good Easter moments, like chocolate ones, Zara. I had a few of them. I went up a hill, played some golf, and it was very nice. I had some time with the family, and I hope you've had some good times too this week. But it is great to think, actually what would a life-changing Easter moment be like? Like the disciples we just saw, what would it have been like after Easter? What happened after Easter? Stephen, what, what, just, the Son of God has been raised from the dead. The most phenomenal Incredible, wonderful, powerful moment in history. What happens next, Sarah? What do you do after that? You know, you've won the race. You've finished your work. You've made the meal. It's over. You're in victory. Jesus is alive. Death has been defeated. What happens next? What can happen after that? And this morning I just want to talk about a few Easter moments and a few Easter incidents that happened in the lives of the disciples and I hope are happening in our lives as well. I've called it Breakfast on the Beach. We'll see why shortly, I think. And um, just flip on to the next slide. Some Easter moments that may be familiar to some of you, um, new to some others, and whether you're like Thomas this morning and just Doubt. Overwhelmed by doubt. Racked by doubt. Life is just overwhelmingly difficult for some at different times and for many people at some time. Maybe you're more like Peter, hopeful. And that hand when it comes down in that video is just amazing, isn't it? Imagine the hand of Jesus just coming upon you right now even. Love Jimmy's ministry, thank you, and the band, and Zara, I pray, the presence of God here this morning, and uh, we want to give time for the Holy Spirit to come later as well. And I'm even now hoping and praying, Lord Jesus, that you would come with your Holy Spirit, just as the hand of Jesus rested on Peter. In that moment, we can feel your hand again. We feel your Holy Spirit now. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Just minister to us this morning, I pray, as we read the Scriptures together, in Jesus' name. So a few Easter moments. Just Peter running to the tomb. Wouldn't that be exciting? Many, I'm sure, of you have lost loved ones and hoped, beyond hope, that it couldn't have happened, it didn't happen. You wake up. Is it real? I can't imagine how the disciples must have felt. Their whole lives, they've followed Jesus, put everything they believe and trusted in him and it looks like it's the end. He wasn't who they hoped he would be disappointment beyond disappointment despair beyond despair they've given everything and it's ended i forgot where the young stars are this this morning good morning everybody good to see your dance steps are getting better every week i think so good practice good practice any other Easter moments g- g- Share an Easter moment that you like that you know of Easter's a good one, what about after Easter? there's a few clues up there anybody got an Easter moment for me that they like? No. <laughs> Steph, you've got an Easter moment I know you do what's your favourite Easter moment from the, from the Bible? tell us one which one do you like? You choose one of them up there Oh, it's hard to pick just one, isn't it? Well, <laughs> good answer, good answer. Go on, pick one. Uh, we'll go with the last one. Last one. Jesus commissions and ascends his disciple. That's a good one. I wonder which one you're going to pick up at the end of the day. Today. I would love you to start thinking about some of these moments. And if you're not familiar with them, we'll just run through them. Peter, as you saw in the video, heard that the tomb was empty, ran. John ran with him and beat him, and they found the empty tomb. What a moment! Hope started to swell that maybe it wasn't the end after all. And then Mary, the first person to see Jesus alive, when he said her name, Mary. Then she realized it wasn't the gardener, but it was her Savior, her Jesus. She clung on to him and wept and rejoiced. The one that you'd lost was alive, real, physical, to hold, to touch. Incredible, wonderful moment inside the room. Later on, Jesus appears to all the disciples in a locked room, by the way. Strange things happening inside a locked room. After he's been crucified, confirmed as dead, wrapped in linen cloths, a stone rolled in. That is as dead as you can get. And here he is, alive again. People have been raised from the dead before. We read about it in Scripture. Not long before Jesus this moment, we, we, we read about Lazarus. But every one of them would die again. They'd just escape death for a moment. But Jesus will never die again. His death defeated death once and for all. His resurrection was not a temporary one, His resurrection is forever. Death is defeated. And this revelation begins to come upon the disciples. And he arrives in this locked room. And he says to them, Peace be with you. John, verse 20. Verse 20, uh, chapter 20. As he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and his sides. They were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Again, he said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Then he, then he breathed in them. Life was in him. Breath was in his lungs. He was no ghost. Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone their sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are forgiven. He's beginning to minister to them, to encourage them. He's given evidence of the faith. On the road to Emmaus, another great story. That's one of my favorites, I think. Steph, road to Emmaus. He, he, the disciples, too have just, they've just given up, I think. Heading off, leaving town. But Jesus walks behind them. Luke 24. And he didn't recognize them. In this day of mysterious days and strange happenings, they don't see him. But he starts to talk and they ask and they converse. and They get in a conversation and this stranger starts to read the scriptures to them to explain why, of course, Jesus had to die. Can't you see it? And later on, they break bread together and they see, oh, it's you. Finally, revelation comes and they recognize Beyond all hope, it's impossible, but Jesus is before them, and he disappears. But their report is such, they said to each other, didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? And within the hour, they were on their way back to Jerusalem, an Easter moment that turns you around, that changes your direction, that restores your hope that's the sort of Easter moment I'm hoping you're experiencing this week, next week, in your life, on a weekly, daily basis. Easter just isn't for Easter anymore. Jesus is alive for every day, for every person. Easter moments don't just need to be in Easter week anymore. The people baptized the week before Easter. Who was baptized last week? Stephen? David? Some of the kids? Bless you. Yep. Devon? Emma, fantastic. An Easter moment. Everybody needs an Easter moment. Honestly, everybody. Every single person needs an Easter moment. A moment to be born again. A moment to be baptized. A moment to be filled with the Holy Spirit. A moment to have the scriptures revealed to you like the guys on the road to Emmaus. Another incredible moment in uh, Luke, the disciples are gathering together, and again Jesus comes upon them, Luke 24 again. I just want to read this to you, familiar with Matthew 28. But in Luke, there's also the recording of the ascension when Jesus rest- returns. His last words, really, on earth. Verse 44 of Luke 24, he said to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, This is what is written that Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I'm going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. When he led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up their hands and blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taking them up into heaven. Then he worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and they stayed continually at the temple, praising God. An amazing moment. The last words of Jesus, the worship and praise was the response. What do you do after Easter? What do you do after the Son of God has been raised from the dead? That the hope of eternity is brought before us. That salvation into heaven is real. What do you do? You worship, you praise. And just want to flag up, I don't know if we mentioned this morning, we've got another great uh, Sunday morning worship coming up, Seth um, MacLeod, Steph, Steph MacLeod. is coming in on the 26th of April here, the Sunday morning worship service. Uh, Steph, I didn't know until he was sharing a stage with Martin Smith about a month ago. He was supporting him, and what an amazing voice, what an amazing anointing this guy has he's from Edinburgh, and he's sharing the night. He was gigging with Martin Smith, one of the greatest worship leaders of all time. He says, I, I was just lost on the streets, but somebody came up to me and said, your life is of more value than you will ever know. And he said those words transformed him, lifted him up. He got saved, he got redeemed, he got uh, through the Bethany um, scheme, and uh, he's now got an amazing ministry and anointing, a great album, Kingdom Come. He's coming to be with us in a couple of weeks, and I really... Encourage you to bring friends invite people. It's going to be fantastic. And worship, we've said, we want to learn to worship more. So be ready to worship like never before. Get ready. Have some Easter moments before then so that you're ready to worship. And he doesn't come and he goes, oh, what's going on here? But he comes to be with other worshipers. Wouldn't that be great? I'd love it if he comes out and says, this is the best time of worship I've ever had. Wouldn't that be great if he could come here and we could have that report? That'd be good. I'd like that. 26th of April, two weeks. You'll see the notice next week. And I think it's on Facebook and stuff like that. So look out for that. Just look at the the next slide. So some great Easter moments I've mentioned. And they get some uh, familiar sermons and talks and things. But there's one... I haven't mentioned yet. And a whole chapter is dedicated to this story. John 21 talks of the moment about a week later. What do you do after Easter? What do you do after you've touched the hands of a resurrected Jesus? What do you do if you're being called the rock? And on this church I will, and on this rock I will build my church. What do you do if You've been with Jesus all these days and you you think you're going to, you would die for this man. You promise him I will follow you wherever you will go. And, you, and you, you, you're just so in love with Jesus. You believe in him completely. And he turns to you and says, you will deny me three times. <laughs> no, I will follow you wherever you go. But of course we know this is Peter. Three times before the Crows. The drama of Scripture is wonderful, isn't it? Three times he denies Jesus. How defeated must he have felt? How much of a failure. All this whole life, hope, just he failed completely and if you've ever felt like you've failed completely imagine how Peter must have felt in those days and then he saw Jesus maybe he thought he could have made a difference maybe he thought when he saw Jesus dying if he'd done something if he'd said something if he'd been had any courage courage, he must have felt like a complete coward and I can identify with that a little bit to stand up for Jesus sometimes it just seems too hard To stand up for a faith seems too difficult, too awkward. Peter knows it more than anybody. And then, great hope, he's alive. But I completely failed him. I completely abandoned him. This wasn't anything the law could fix, I don't think. I think Peter, having been a Jew, understood he could come and make sacrifice. But I just think, if I was Peter, I wouldn't be satisfied with... Sacrificing a chicken or sending up a, an offering like they did. This was a personal abandonment and betrayal of the man he loved. How would he feel? How could he get back, even with Jesus alive? How could he be restored to the man who could take care and be the man that Jesus hoped he would be? But in this moment, Jesus comes, and all Peter could do is, after all this had happened, he said, "Well, let's go fishing, guys. Let's, let's let's go back to work, Sarah. Let's, you know, it's Easter, but let's just—I don't know what to do. I know he's alive, and it's like that as a Christian. We're baptized, we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we're on fire for God, and it's like, well, what do we do? What do we do? Where, what now? Let's just go back to work. You don't know what to do. Just get on with things." It's like, wow, okay. Peter was the same. They said, well, let's go fish. But when they fished, they didn't get a catch that night. And they hear a voice on the beach saying, cast your nets on the other side. And they do, reluctantly, I'm sure. And they catch a great quantity. 153 fish. Somebody has an attention for detail. 153. And they recognize, or John recognizes, it's the Lord. And Peter dives into the water rushes up to him, rushes up to them on the beach. He says, Jesus, it's you. And what's Jesus got going? A little campfire on the beach in the morning. They've been fishing all night. There's bread. There's fish. It's a fish supper on the beach for breakfast. This is God. This is the creator of the universe. He put the stars in place. And he has a fish supper with his people. He doesn't have a prayer meeting. He doesn't have a church service. He has breakfast on the beach and has a chat with Peter. And he doesn't say to Peter, what the heck were you playing at, mate? You said you would die for me. Because we read later, there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. He couldn't because there's nothing in Jesus that could condemn Peter. All Jesus could do was love him. All Jesus could do was say, Peter, really, do you love me? More than these, more than these fish, if that's what he was talking about. More than these people, if that's what he was talking about. I don't know what he was talking about. Maybe it's a fish. What's your priority? Really, honestly, Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. Feed my lambs. Peter, do you really love me? Twice. Yes, Lord. I really do. Third time. Do you love me? Do you love me? No, no. He could have gone through, like, do you obey me? Do you believe in me? Do you want to be like me? You know, all the stuff that we'd go when people want to get saved. Do you want to live a good life? Do you want to be sinless? He didn't go through any of that religious stuff. He just said, do you love me? Jesus has said the most important commandment, love the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, all your might. And here he is, revealing Who God is and how God interacts, how He wants to interact with you and I. A whole chapter to this meeting Jesus on the beach to talk one to one, deal with your innermost fears, rejection, failure, sin, and He just loves in you, He just encourages you, He commissions you. Every time we come to prayer, that's what it should be like. Every time we come to church, that's what it should be like. Every time we meet another brother, that's what it should be like. We're encouraging one another. We're loving one another. No condemnation. Feed my sheep. And I think it was so important because what Peter was finding on the shores of Galilee was grace. grace, grace, the end of the law, it had, had been fulfilled. Jesus had said, it's fulfilled, it's finished, it's done. This is the age of grace. And you're going to start experiencing grace. And I think if Peter hadn't had that experience, he would never have been the man that he became, the disciple and apostle that wrote in one Peter, both his letters start with, Grace and peace be yours in abundance. Peter's heart from that moment was not filled with law, but filled with grace, because he knew he was the bottom. He was the worst of sinners. But grace rescued him. Grace came upon him in that moment. When he saw Jesus face to face, grace was in those eyes. God is a God of grace, of mercy, of love, of encouragement. In 1 Peter 5, Paul writes these words, and the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ after you had suffered a little while, you just hear that echo, his suffering from that moment of betrayal through the cross, through even that first week to this moment on the beach. It wasn't until then, I don't think, that Peter really got healed, that Peter really was restored, that people, Peter really got to be strengthened. And here's what he says, after suffering a little while, he will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. Paul's legacy, Peter's legacy, written in scripture, enshrined in the Bible, grace to you, grace to you, grace to you, because that's what he had experienced on that breakfast on the beach. What a beautiful Easter moment! And that is the Easter moment that I believe God wants every single one of us to have. That Easter moment when we start to understand God's grace in our lives, when we understand what it means to be following, trusting a God of grace, and he will restore you and make you strong and firm and steadfast. Hallelujah. I love it. It's amazing. So grace is the message this morning. But there were two other things that I don't want you to miss that happened after Easter. I don't know if you noticed them there, but the scripture was explained. Their hearts burned as Jesus explained why he had to be saved, the word of God is, f- is absolutely fundamental to how we respond to Easter, to understand the message of the cross, to understand our faith. Jesus gave us that. He emphasized it on two or three occasions with the disciple. Here's the word of God. Here's the word of God. The second thing, he breathed in them for the Holy Spirit to come. and said, wait, wait, wait. Wait till the Holy Spirit comes and grace. The Word of God, the Holy Spirit, and grace. Three great Easter moments that are promised to us every single day. And um, I'm really uh, encouraging you and trusting that the Holy Spirit will fall this morning and come upon us this morning. But that you'll go away and study the Scriptures for yourselves to check out these words That your heart may burn with excitement of the revelation of who God is and His grace and His mercy. And that we'd be filled with the Holy Spirit and we'd seek and we would wait. And um, interesting the dynamic. He breathes. We don't know anything happens. They have to wait for the Holy Spirit to come. That was my experience. Somebody, my friend, prayed for me to fill with the Holy Spirit and I wasn't aware of anything. I didn't feel anything. It was days, weeks, months later when I started to um, sense the Spirit, feel the Spirit, and feel something. We don't know how the Holy Spirit blows. There's not a formula for being filled with the Holy Spirit to engage in it. But I would encourage you, if if you've not been touched or understand what it is, or confident that you say, yeah, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. If there's anything, any doubt in, in your mind of unfamiliarity with the Holy Spirit, I would encourage you to seek him, ask for him, ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We're going to pro- play a song now, and um, I'm going to believe it's going to minister to us, if, especially if you're baptized, those that have been baptized in water. You need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. I encourage you to lift up your hands to this song and just ask to receive the Holy Spirit. If you're needing encouragement, healing, hope, strengthening, the Holy Spirit comes and comes again. It never stops A never-ending flow of the Holy Spirit. Peter, I don't know if you've got that ready for us. I think I'm going to ask you to stand if that's okay, just in case you get a little sleepy. And even if you... want prayer to be filled with the Holy Spirit, I want to give you that opportunity this morning here, that you can pray for yourselves, and if you want to come down and have hands laid on to be filled with the Holy Spirit, or just to be encouraged, just to be lifted up, I want to give that opportunity, We're going to play this song, come down anytime, the band are going to come up, and we'll continue to follow, so just, let's turn this up, just turn our hands. Your imagination beyond that beach oh, with Jesus face to face. What would he soul, say to you? I know that I've been oh. made oh. for more. You speak truth, you renew when I'm in your presence, you show me the glory, the future.